Are you ready to go deep? Today on Adulting, we take a look at spirituality. What is spirituality and how is it different from being religious? And can you be spiritual without believing in God? Get ready to dive in. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan. I'm here with Miranda, and we're talking about spirituality today. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing well. I'm feeling at peace with the universe. Well, that's fantastic. I'm feeling sleepy. So let's move on to spirituality. (laughs) You could be sleepy and at peace at the universe. (laughs) In fact, sometimes maybe it helps. (laughs) (laughs) Probably does. So one of the most interesting things is that the American public, according to a Pew study from late 2015, the American public is becoming less religious. Okay, so how, how, how does that tie into spirituality? Well, so here's the thing. So one of the things that I find is, according to the study, even among those who believe in God or a higher power, fewer people are considering themselves affiliated with any specific religion. And this is something that I see a lot amongst millennials and some of my younger Gen X cohorts. We see, we see that they believe in God, they believe in a higher power, they believe in communing with this higher power, but a lot of them don't have, you know, a religious home, a traditional religious home. And so I, I thought that that's kind of interesting that there's this kind of difference between being religious and being spiritual. From my perspective, I mean, we, we live in different areas of the country, so we see different things and we're part of different communities. And I don't see higher power being, a, you know, a big part of people's lives. I mean, certainly some and many, and probably a majority, but definitely there's a lot of people for whom a higher power in the form of, you know, a traditional God, a religious God, is not a part of their spirituality. That brings us to this question. Do you actually need to believe in a higher power or some sort of God or goddess or or some sort of being or intelligence or creator or, or just some sort of greater being? Do you have to believe in something like that in order to be spiritual? Well, I think spirituality is a belief in something. It doesn't have to be a higher power in the form of, you know, an entity that rules over us all, or at least watches us all, or is a part of us all. I think a traditional God doesn't have to be the belief that is a cornerstone of a spiritual existence. It can be a belief in nature. It could be a belief in the power of the community of all humans together. Could be, um, it could be anything like that and still be spiritual without being part of a specific uh, religion or organized belief system. Yeah, I really like that kind of approach uh, because I think a lot of the time spirituality is the way we internalize our connections with those around us. Do you feel a part of the world on a grander scale? Do you feel a part of your community? And are you invested in that? And do you feel that connection to people? And so you don't necessarily need to have some sort of religious figure guide you through that. You can kind of look for it on your own and make those connections on your own without an intermediary or even, like you said, a a belief in a higher power. Yeah, and perhaps in addition to the lack of the need for a higher power to be spiritual, there's 
probably the lack of a specific text or guide or rules that is, again, organized or appreciated by a large group of people. I think spirituality can come from one's own analysis of what life is and what's important in life. And it doesn't have to come from some kind of guide that gives us the answers that we want. How does that play into the moral compass? Because one of the big arguments in faith that, that religious people or religious leaders or that I see a lot, uh, specifically uh, in my own religious upbringing and background, the implication was that without religion, without God, without this higher power to reward us or punish us or guide us, we would have a hard time <laughs> making good choices and making moral choices, which I always thought was interesting in my own personal upbringing, because part of the belief of my personal upbringing was we were all born with the light of Christ, or we were all born with the desire to do good. But for some reason, we also, even with this innate goodness and this innate light of Christ in us that drew us to good, we still needed to have this organized religion and this God to tell us to do the right things. So it was a very, very confusing thing for me as, as I went through. But what do you think about that? I mean, do you need somebody to tell you to be a good person? To be honest, I think that's unfortunate that you feel that, you know, that 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 so many people are brought up to believe that the only way they can be good, to be a good person, is to look forward to some reward that is only promised to them if they apply, you know, their beliefs to specific guidelines like believing in a certain entity or a certain person or or worshiping in a certain way. And I think it is quite possible to be a, a fantastic person. And it has nothing to do with what you believe in. It's more to do with your upbringing. And, and you talk about your upbringing, and you talk about how that influenced you. And I think it's possible for parents to instill great ideals in their children without saying, well, you have to do it this way because you're going to hell if you're a bad person and you're going to heaven if you're a good person or you'll be rewarded in the afterlife or you'll be rewarded here on earth or or any of these kind of made up things in my opinion you know to influence people to be a good person you can be a good person just because you want to be a good person because that is a good way to do things in life to live your life as a good person. It's just good. It's intrinsically, it's intrinsically good. And you don't have to look for these external reasons to go ahead and be an honorable person who treats people well. And I think being a good person is just about treating, you know, your fellow human beings. And of course, all living beings on this planet, as well as uh, you would want to be treated yourself. That's my opinion. That's that's how I try to live my life. And of course, you know, I don't always succeed, but certainly that's what I aim to do. And that has little to do with any kind of belief in God. I don't need to believe in God in order to feel that way. I don't need to read the Bible in order to feel that way. Although certainly that's that is the same sentiment that is expressed in a lot of religious texts, and uh, it is a core tenet of many religions, but you don't have to believe everything about that religion just to know that being good to your fellow person is a good way to live your life. Yeah, definitely. And and there was something I saw somewhere on a bumper sticker or quote or something, you know, that, that said, if you need the threat of punishment to be a good person, you're not a good person, uh, which I thought was kind of kind of funny. I think it's, you know, there's a lot more nuance in there than that. But 
But at the same time, I mean, you know, one of the things that I, I feel in my own life is, is once I did stop kind of leaving the trappings of religion behind and the checklists of religion behind, I, fe- I feel like I've made more progress toward being a better person and being a more compassionate person and looking uh, more toward, you know, how I can help my community and my world. Because I, f- I found in my own personal experience, and this is probably not the same for everybody, because I know that there are a lot of people who say, well, my religion and my spirituality that's related to my religion helps me love other people and pushes me out into the world to do good. And there are a lot of great things about religion that can in- encourage you to do that. I found in my own particular case, however, that I was so focused on doing things right and doing things the right way that I was focused more on, okay, how do I get things right so I manage my own eternal salvation properly? <laughs> and and it didn't really give me a lot of outward looking because I had to figure out how to check off these other boxes before I could actually look to the community or, or look to the world and, and look to helping. So I think it depends too on your individual personality and how you interact with religion and spirituality that kind of gets you there. Yeah, and certainly there's nothing wrong with having a religious belief or being part of a, of a religion or even being associated with a, a religious-like group. I think I think all of that it can be fantastic, and it does provide the moral compass for people who look to religion for that. And there's absolutely no problem with that type of spirituality and that type of belief. And, you know, whatever works for a person, as long as the end result is, you know, in my opinion, being good to other people, then I don't see, you know, any problem with any type of you know, belief system, even if that belief system is no belief system. So what are some of the benefits of spirituality? I mean, are there, whether you're religious or not, what are some of the benefits of developing spirituality? And are there benefits, I guess, to start with? Well, I think there are benefits. And uh, one of the benefits is being more aware. And and awareness takes a lot of forms. We think of religion as, um, you know, believing in something without any proof of existence. But spirituality works with that, even though I I think part of spirituality is being aware, being aware of what's around you and what you may not see and what exists. And I think it's hard to see science sometimes, but we believe that it exists because, you know, there have been, you know, science is based on research and studies. Unless we perform those research and studies ourselves, we are still putting faith that if we were to carry out those studies ourselves, we would see the same things. So I I think spirituality plays into that because it is this awareness of what is real and what's around us and what we know we don't understand and what is possible out there. I think all of that pertains to spirituality. And being the the awareness that that shows leads us to understand our lives better when we understand what's going on around us. And I think that is a great way to climb that pyramid, the, uh, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We can climb that pyramid by being more aware of ourselves, why we are what we are and how we do things and why we do the things that we do and why the world functions the way it does. And spirituality can lead us to some of those answers. Yeah, definitely. And, and I like how you talk about different types of awareness. And I think a part of spirituality and developing that spirituality is, is being aware of how what you do 
influences those around you, uh, being aware of other people, being aware of your impact on other people and being aware of your impact on like maybe the environment or your or your home or your community and, and knowing that you have an impact and being aware of that so that you can work toward uh, making a more positive impact and trying to benefit those around you. And I think that's a really important part of spiritual awareness, whether you're religious or not. Yeah, and that part of that awareness is recognizing that there is something more powerful than the human individual. And whether that's a supernatural being, whether that's God, whether it's, I don't know, aliens, or whether it's nature, nature is certainly more powerful than any one person or any group of people. And a group of people is more powerful than one person. So you've got to look to all of these ideas of where power is and where power comes from. And I think that that is a good indication of your spirituality, how you view power. Yeah, I like that look at it as well. And I especially like the idea of, you know, viewing power and and saying, okay, does that come from within me? Does that come from the community I'm part of? Or does it come from something like a god. And I think that, you know, figuring that out is is part of understanding yourself and your interactions to the world. So I think another thing that spirituality kind of helps you with is finding meaning in your life and your actions. And this is something that my more religious friends actually struggle with me a lot, because I have uh, moved into sort of an agnostic slash atheist kind of worldview. And so a lot of them struggle with me. They're like, well, how do you find meaning in life if there's no God? And I think part of that goes back to spirituality and and creating that meaning and developing that meaning and saying, my actions and what I do has meaning in the world now. It has meaning in the way I raise my son and the way he will interact with the world around him. It has meaning every day when I go out into the community and and work in the community, that has meaning. Those actions have meaning and they influence what's happening in the corner of my world. Uh, The way I interact with my friends, if I give somebody a hug or I make somebody smile, that has meaning. And that spirituality can help you see the meaning in your life and your actions, even if you don't believe in an afterlife or, or something like that. Yeah, and it all depends on how you define this idea of meaning. What 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 is meaning, and what has meaning? And for someone who only believes that meaning is derived from you know a religious belief or uh, obedience to a higher power, then they're going to have trouble understanding that meaning to you is something entirely different. And, you know, meaning in a physical world, meaning in doing good things and being good to other people, you know, that that might provide meaning for someone else. But for another person, it may seem meaningless and pointless if there is no afterlife. So these are discussions that you and I, Miranda, we we have because we both at least today have a a similar point of view in terms of meaning and uh, religion and things like that. But, you know, not everybody agrees on that. And so you don't have to defend your actions to other people. You don't have to defend your beliefs to other people. And I think that's the bottom line. It's just because someone wants meaning in your life for you. I mean, that's very, that's 
great for them that they want that for you. But if their meaning is defined in a way that has no value to you, then there's the, there's no reason for you to have to worry about it. Your your meaning is your personal idea of of what is important to you, and you shouldn't have to abide by somebody else's definition. Yeah, and I like that kind of viewpoint. And uh, unfortunately, though, sometimes you get a little bit concerned about that. I'm, because when you look at some of the uh, different studies and polls that, that have come out about, uh, let's call them non-believers, whether they're spiritual or not, whether they're moral or not. But when you look at the, the research on non-believers, uh, people trust non-believers, uh, they trust atheists less than they trust rapists and murderers. And it's a really interesting dynamic that as a society, we place value on whether or not you believe in God. Even if you do terrible, horrible things by most of society's standards, just the fact that you profess a belief in God automatically elevates you above somebody who does not. And I find that very interesting, an interesting dynamic in our society. And it's nice to say, oh, you don't have to defend yourself to anybody. And it's a nice thing to say that you don't have to defend yourself to anybody. But you kind of do, especially if you live in a very religious area, because you do, you have to run around trying to prove that you're still a good person, despite your lack of a belief in a higher power. No, you don't have to do any of that. You know, that's, <laughs> it's unfortunate that you think that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that you think that you have to conform to a certain community. And, you know, we have we have people who run for president, people in their public lives who have to do that because they know that the majority of this country does believe in God. And if they don't believe in God, they're going to have a difficult time getting elected. That's their choice to do that. And that's fine. But it's always a choice. Uh, you do not have to answer to anybody when it comes to your beliefs. Yeah, I like I like that idea in theory. <laughs> but I think one of the other benefits of spirituality and, and developing a spiritual awareness, even if that spiritual awareness doesn't have anything to do with religion or God, uh, I like that you can also develop meaningful relationships with people who share your values. So one of the things that I like, um, even though I haven't done much with the congregation here, but one of the things I do like about Unitarian Universalist congregations is that it's kind of a mix of people who believe in God, and then it's also a welcoming place for people who don't. Uh, and it's more about sharing values. And so you can find people who... Christian values, but yes, go on. <laughs> well, not necessarily. That's the beautiful thing about Unitarian Universalism at this point. It started out Christian, but it's kind of moved beyond that. They're barely considered Christian at all. But it's it's more of a... It's sort of... When I'm, you know, the last congregation that I went to, it was really kind of a secular spirituality. You know, they talked about Christ not being divine. They talked about developing ethos and, and it was, it was a very secular approach to spirituality. And I really enjoyed they, it. They mentioned Christ though. Um, just because it was Easter and they talked about how he wasn't divine. Uh, this is an Easter thing. I believe I believe they had a special thing for Passover and the meaning of Passover as well. So interesting. Yeah, it was it was very interesting, and that's one of the things that I liked about. Um, and I don't know how it would be different actually if I since I've moved, I haven't been to the the congregation in my current area because I haven't felt that need for fellowship because I have I've found fellowship and involving myself in activities in you know the political sphere and also in other areas of my community so i haven't felt that need to go and 
you know, I guess commune. But part of that spirituality in some ways is, is finding and developing meaningful relationships with people who kind of share your values, whatever those values are. Yeah. So how do you develop spirituality if you feel that you need to add spirituality into your life, which I, I think as, as we've gone over, spirituality is a good thing. How do, how do we develop that if, if it's something that we haven't really given much thought to? Developing that and having those benefits of awareness, um, developing that, you know, I think it starts with being present in the moment and noticing what's happening around you and then making that connection to you and how what's happening around you influences you and then in turn being aware of how you influence what's happening around you. So I think that's kind of the first step. And that kind of helped me when I was developing. I mean, back when I was really religious, I considered myself spiritual, but I didn't kind of feel the things that I felt, the connections that I felt happened at very specific times. And then later on, as I had other experiences, I found that I had those same feelings of connection that I sometimes had at church. I had them in other places. I had them like in a mosque instead of a church, like I had them in a mosque or, you know, one of the most, you know, surreal things was when I had it, you know, you had this feeling of connection and awareness of people around you, like at a baseball game, at a sporting event, there's a, there's a religious like experience when you're all doing this thing together. And I started realizing that church was not the only place I was having these experiences and that uh, being aware and connected to the people around me could help me develop spirituality outside of my religion. So I think that's one of the first steps. Yeah, a few things there. I think what you're describing is, is uh, you know, people call that a peak experience sometimes. And I know that, you know, I've, I've had those types of experiences you know, sometimes it manifests in like getting chills in a moment because something just seems so the something just seems so perfect at one point. And I have that in musical performance, uh, you know, whether I'm uh, listening to a certain musical piece that just works perfectly, especially if it's live or if I'm performing all of that kind of plays together. And I would describe that as, you know, what you would call a religious experience or a spiritual experience. You know, it's all about interconnectedness. And you said being connected as well. And I think all of these peak experiences rely on this idea of how we feel interconnected to something that is going around us, whether it's an event or other people or nature. You know, I've I've felt this way, you know, just recently I've I've been going on walks and runs and hikes and being in nature in the state park nearby, I mean, I, I feel that that's a, a pretty strong connection to the world around me. And, and you know, and I, I would call that a basic form of spirituality as well. And, and just putting yourself in these environments where you're likely to have peak experiences, I think is a great way to develop some appreciation for that, which leads directly to that spirituality. I think part of developing spirituality is appreciating nature, appreciating other people, appreciating life in general, and paying attention to others, trying to empathize with them and develop a connection. To me, to me, spirituality is more about connection than anything else. Since I don't actually, you know, I don't necessarily believe we have a soul, but I believe that our brains are wired and, and they've looked at this. And, you know, in neuropsychology, we're wired to find these connections. We're wired to look for God or look for connections to other people. 
And so we're wired to have these experiences. And so I think if you want to develop that, paying attention to others and empathizing with them, uh, recognizing problems in your community, being aware of how you can work to solve them, and really taking responsibility for getting out there in the world and connecting with other people can really help as well. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And being part of any kind of group that is doing something that you feel is of value to society is a great way to just feel this spirituality. And it just comes in so many forms that you can you can find it everywhere. And I find it with, uh, you know, with the music groups that I work with. I talked a little bit about music, but specifically with some of the uh, music instruction that I do, it's it's uh you know, this, this it's a great sense of belonging and being with the with the right group of people that 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 results in this type of spirituality. I like when you talk about you know the the you know group of people, or, because a lot of the time you know it really is about finding people who share your values or share the experiences or want to have the experiences that you are looking for, and kind of going on that journey a little bit together, whether or not religion is involved. And I've, you know, I've found a lot of people that I share values with who are religious, um, even though I am not. Uh, One of my good friends is Episcopalian, and we share a lot of the same values and a lot of the same thought processes. And we have a lot of the same experiences that we can share. And it's, it's very interesting to be able to find that kind of kinship with other people. And I think that that's a big part of the journey is, is recognizing that even though you have a different idea of what spirituality entails or what life entails, you can still find people who share similar values and want similar things and enjoy similar experiences. Yeah, I think you'll find that values cross religious barriers all the time. And for a lot of religious people, we're so focused on those who attend the same church or are part of the same religion that we forget that the basic tenets of many religions are so similar that all of the differences that create barriers between different branches of Christianity or, you know, Christianity and Judaism or other religions throughout the world, there's there's a lot in common in terms of the basic ideas of living life. And that can inspire spirituality as well. Yeah, for sure. So what are some things that we can do now as we're looking to develop spirituality or move forward in our own life journeys? What can we do now to kind of take that up a notch? We've talked many times about being aware of what your values are and just identifying yourself as a human and the things that are important to you and the way you want to live your life. So I think we start with Just, again, if you haven't done it yet, documenting what your values are and writing them down and writing, you know, what makes a good life to you and what does it mean to be a good person? And, you know, are you bound by your internal rules of living life or, you know, do you wait for an external force to give you, you know, rewards or punishment or to tell you what to do. And it's fine either way, but just identify exactly what those things are are that are important to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, trying to figure out what makes you tick is, is a big part of that. Yeah, what does that mean, another- what makes you tick? I mean, we say that <laughs> well, all the time. It's, it's a cliche, <laughs> but, you know, I just worry about, you know, what makes you tick? I mean, who, what does that mean? 
Well, no, I, what you just said, I think, is what makes yeah, okay. you tick. I right. think you just described it. Yeah, I, I think, think so. one of the other. Yeah, and of course, Harlan, you have converted me to the life map. <laughs> so <laughs> I am a convert to the life map. That is my religion. No, but. But I think part of something that can help you figure that out is to make a life map and, and figure out, like, what is that central thing that motivates you? And then what are the the subsidiary things that kind of radiate from that? Uh, and, you know, you, you can see how to make a life map. We both have examples of that on adulting.tv. And we'll have links in the show notes so that you can go and see how to do that. But another thing you can do is research communities in your area that might share your values. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a church congregation. Uh, one of the cool things is we do have a Buddhist community here in Idaho Falls. It's small, but I think for people who want to connect with people in their community that have kind of a spiritual practice, but don't maybe adhere to a specific set of religious values, that can be a good place to start. Or look for, you know, it doesn't even have to be sort of a spiritual tradition type thing. A rotary club can be a good place to find, you know, or civitans can be a good place to find people who might share your values. And so research some of the communities in your town, some of the people that meet together in your town, uh, even a book club can be a place where you might find people who share your values, where you can make those connections and start developing your sense of spirituality. And it probably doesn't even need to be in your same you know, physical community. You can look online. There are meeting places online for people who just want to discuss life and their spirituality. And I think that's a great place to, to go to, especially if you might not have too many options in the community where you live. There's, there's certainly a diversity of spirituality out there, but not every community also contains that type of diversity. So, so it's, it's important to find your people. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. And your people could be in your town. It could be people involved with an activity. I know everybody, um, you know, people who love drum and bugle corps, drum corps people are their people. And so they look for that. And not every community has a drum and bugle corps. So it's, uh, it's really interesting what you have to do to, in order to find your people sometimes. Yeah, I, I like finding your people and, and figuring out, you know, how you can make those connections, whether it's online or in person. Uh, and, and another thing you can do is list three experiences you can have this month that will help you explore your th spirituality. So sit down and think about three things that you want to do this coming month and plan out how you can go have those experiences that will help you explore your spirituality. So what are some examples? Let, let's come up with some. I can think of, um, you know, going for a walk in nature in a park, finding a trail, spend some alone time and just uh, appreciating nature that's around you. That's one thing. Uh, I like the idea of seeing a musical performance. That's obviously something that's important to me since I've been harping on that all this entire episode, harping being the appropriate word. It's a musical word. So yeah, those are a couple of things that I would do. And then also I think, you know, if you are interested in, you know, a lot of people like to find a religion that fits them, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like we talked about in the first Do Now, figure out what matters to you, but maybe you're not comfortable in the religious congregation you're in now. So go ahead and visit a different religious congregation. Uh, one thing that I do like to do is occasionally take my son around to different religious congregations so that he can have different experiences. You know, there's there's a Hindu center in Boise so that we can go and visit there. We've done that before. 
And, you know, I've taken him to get ashes on Ash Wednesday at the Episcopal Church. We want to, next time we're back in the Philadelphia area, we're going to finally attend the synagogue. Um, so I think it's important to kind of get a feel for that. So where where do you feel like you fit? Where are your people? So if religion is important to you and you're trying to find something, visit a religious congregation and see how you feel about that and see if you find people that are your people at that congregation. Yeah, I think that's uh, exploring and discovering, I think, is such a key part of finding that spirituality. So we've got a listener question. My family thinks I've lost my faith because I don't attend church. So this is someone who just stopped going to church but still believes. How do I let them know I still believe even if I don't belong to their church anymore? I think really mostly what you can do is just make sure you still talk about you know, if, if you believe in God and you still believe, then talk about it and talk about your belief and bear your testimony and let them know that you still have that feeling, you know, and if you feel so moved, go ahead and find a different religion, even though it may not be their same church. In the end, you know, you also need to talk to them, you know, what is at the root of their concern? Are they concerned specifically about the religious attendance? Because, you know, they feel that if you don't belong to their same religion, uh, you're going to wind up in hell or something, because that's a very real concern. And, and if they're more concerned about religion and less about your belief, then that is going to be something that you really can't overcome. The best thing that you can do is just state your opinion and say, hey, I still believe in God. I believe in whatever it is you believe in and bear your testimony to them and let them know that you feel peace on your path. If you do, if you don't feel peace on your path and see if you can find a path on which you do feel peace. If you do feel peace with your decision, let them know that you feel peace with your decision and that you are, you know, working to glorify God in whatever way you can. I'm I'm assuming that, you know, the, the way they're talking about losing faith because I don't attend church, I'm assuming a Christian bent here. I really am. So I could be wrong, but I'm assuming a Christian bent here. And so bear your testimony, let them know that you're still, you know, developing your relationship with God. And that's still very important to you. But when it comes right down to it, if their issue is specifically religion versus belief, uh, you're just going to have to make sure you talk about God and then let them know that it's unacceptable for them to harangue you about coming to their specific church uh, and that you're not going to talk about religion specifically. You're happy to talk about God, but you're not going to talk about religion. And it's hard to draw that line, but you know, if their specific concern is religion versus your belief, then there's really not a whole lot you can do. It's none of their business and it's none of their concern. And you appreciate the fact that they care about you, but you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Your beliefs are your personal beliefs and they should accept you for who you are. And if they don't, then the problem is with them and perhaps their belief system and not with you. Ah, I like that too. (laughs) Getting out there. But yeah, I think boundaries are definitely important in these situations. Yeah, so if you have any questions where you'd like to hear uh, how we would deal with a situation, be sure to ask us at adulting.tv slash ask and or subscribe to our podcast at adulting.tv slash iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on Stitcher. There are tons of links if you go to adulting.tv. You can see exactly how you can listen to us every week, sometimes several times a week. Listen to us every day. That would be awesome. 
and take a look at our website, adulting.tv. Join our community. We would love to discuss this topic of spirituality and religion with you, where you will not be judged. We will not care about how you live your life, but we still want to hear about it because it is interesting. Join us on Facebook in our community, hashtag adulting, and like our page. Those are some of the things you can do, but not all of them. So until next time, act like an adult. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.